Hi everyone, I'm Lucy from Beaver. Today is Wednesday the 31st of January 2024 and this is your January News Flash. In this month's news, the RCVS have launched a client confidentiality course. Information is available on the RCVS Academy website, the links to which are below this episode in the Podbean website description. The RCVS has launched its Surveys of the Professions 2024, which takes place every four to five years and invites all vets and nurses to share their career experiences and ambitions and helps inform the RCVS future strategies and policies for 2025-2029. It closes at 5pm on Friday the 16th of February. The RCVS has announced its council elections could be axed as part of a governance revamp, which officials believe is necessary as part of the development of new veterinary sector laws. An independent appointment-based system of appointing council members is one of the ideas being considered and was widely supported by the current council members during a meeting on the 18th of January. A report published ahead of the meeting cautioned that the college's governance models are strongly at variance with regulatory best practice and reforms could be insisted upon as a condition of new legislation. For more information, see the Vet Times article in the link below. The RCVS have formed a new working group to draw up proposals for the future statutory regulation of veterinary practices by the end of the year. Chair and RCVS President Sue Patterson believes that mandatory practice regulation is a key priority following on from the voluntary practice standard scheme. In an article from the Vet Times, she told them, at present the RCVS only regulates individual veterinary surgeons and nurses, and the veterinary sector does not have an equivalent to the Care Quality Commission, which considers human healthcare premises. This means that the onus for maintaining standards within the workplace falls on regulated individuals rather than the business structure. We will consider what a scheme that puts more statutory responsibility on business owners to maintain standards should look like. This month, the RCVS also struck off a Kent-based vet over false horse passport declarations. Whilst Vlad Butnaru claimed that he had been used and tricked into completing the paperwork for the animal, which is believed to have been stolen previously, a disciplinary committee said it felt he was making up his defence as he went along during a hearing into his actions. He admitted making a false declaration that he had read a microchip implanted into a horse when it had not actually been inserted into any horse. He had relied upon a WhatsApp video call which appeared to show the chip being scanned in the animal subsequently rather than him himself in person confirming that this information was true. More information is available in the links. For nurses, the first cohort to complete a postgraduate equine nursing programme at Hartbury University has just celebrated their graduation at Gloucester Cathedral. SPIVs have now opened up the 2024 salary survey. Please go and find the link below and complete the survey if you wish to contribute to this important collection of data. For Beaver this month, the Council have been involved in a number of meetings, including one on import and export issues, which reports back to the OV bird table meetings via CEO David Mountford. They've also talked about antimicrobial resistance and the various initiatives that have been set up across the country and also across Europe and have discussed how these can be brought together to create a more coherent approach. 
The Careers Committee, chaired by Phil Cramp, has talked about EMS, career paths, the vet school tours that Viva conducts and university career days that they get involved in, and also their contribution to the BSEVA, British Student Equine Veterinary Association Congress, which is taking place at the weekend of the 10th to 11th of February. The Nurse Committee, chaired by Marie Rippengale, have been discussing collaborations with BVNA and discussed the Beaver CPD that is on offer this year and also their contribution to Congress in September. The Antelmintic Working Group, chaired by Dave Rendell, has been looking at the Protect Me 2 toolkit, which is coming out following on from the antimicrobial Protect Me toolkit that was brought out by previous President Mark Bowen. This Protect Me 2 toolkit will look at antelmintics and coincides with publication of the Beaver Primary Care Clinical Guidelines, Equine Parasite Control, which has just been published on Early View by EVJ. Several of the council members also attended an insurance providers meeting this month, which gets together with the equine insurance providers and underwriters. It discusses how insurers assess risk, apply exclusions, how they consider single versus multiple claims and the rising costs of veterinary care. Also, new treatments that come on board are also talked about, as well as how mortality claims are dealt with. This enables the industry to work together to provide the best service to horse owners and care to their animals. This month, the spotlight was shone on Project Worms, which was a collaboration between Beaver, Vet Partners, CVS, IVC and Equine Reproductive Services. They conducted two surveys, one of owners and one of stud farm owners and managers. The owner's survey looked at 4,233 owner responses, which stated that 84% carried out regular faecal worm egg counts to determine roundworm and small and large redworm burden, and 40% regularly tested for tapeworm, and 73% regularly poo-picked grazing areas. A fifth said they incorporated co-grazing or alternate grazing with ruminants as part of paddock management, but of those carrying out faecal egg counts, 37% said they routinely wormed their horses at least once a year, regardless of test results. In a separate poll of the stud owners and managers, 28% said they knew of wormer resistance on their property. 32% did not poo pick, 57% co-grazed or used alternate grazing pastures with ruminants, and nearly half of those said vet advice was very important, but admitted moxidectin and praziquantel were their first-line antelmintics. Graham Hunter from IVC Evidentia, Equine Group Veterinary Advisor, said to the Vet Times in an article, sadly, there is a huge educational piece to be done regarding the mismatch between faecal egg count usage and an essential targeted approach to the use of appropriate antelmintics. We need to improve this situation as a matter of urgency to combat the very significant issue of antelmintic resistance. Also this month, World Horse Welfare have conducted a conference looking into social licence to operate. This took place on the 24th of January and the recording is available through the World Horse Welfare website. I'd encourage you all to have a listen. It featured excellent presentations from McDonald's, the US beef industry and a member of the Behavioural Insights team. The Equine Infectious Disease Surveillance Team is collaborating with the Equine Grass Sickness Fund based at the Moradon Institute near Edinburgh to boost awareness of equine grass sickness and assist with research into the disease. Equine grass sickness is a deadly disease with an 80% fatality rate and still lacks a known cause. So if you have a case of EGS, 
please report it to the Equine Grass Sickness Fund via the case reporting questionnaire on their website. The Equine Infectious Disease Surveillance Team will then start to collate and share these reports via the International Collating Centre. In addition, the Equine Grass Sickness Fund have established a biobank as part of a new research project collecting case reports and biological and environmental samples, which are available to all researchers investigating equine grass sickness. Vets and owners can contribute by donating samples through the Equine Grass Sickness Fund website with timely sample donation from suspected grass sickness cases being vital. There are no costs for owners and vets can claim reimbursement for tissue collection. So please act now to support this research and visit the Equine Grass Sickness Fund website for details. The Equine Infectious Disease Surveillance Group would also like us to mention that they were involved in the British Equestrians Equine Health Week, which took place during the 22nd to 28th of January. A podcast discussion on infectious disease prevention and protection with Rachel Dyke interviewing Celia Marr and Richard Newton was released on Friday the 26th of January and will be available on the BEF website. There are also other Equine Health Week outputs available via their website being uploaded throughout the week and also look out for the great collaboration of materials from last year's week, some of which the EIDS contributed to. Putting Equine Welfare Week in your search engine should find these pages and simply scroll down to see the material. For CPD this month in February, we've got a clinical catch-up on competition vetting with Sam Offord and Imogen Burrows on Wednesday the 7th of February from 8 till 9 o'clock in the evening. Then on Tuesday the 20th of February, we've got a transatlantic equine clinic on colic in the neonatal foal with Emily Floyd, Jamie Copper and Peter Morrissey. This takes place at eight o'clock and we'll finish at half nine. Just announced and now bookable is a day course on daily dentistry, which takes place on Wednesday the 8th of May at Happer in Burnley, Lancashire. And there's a full day course on rehabilitation on Tuesday the 14th of May at the British Racing School in Newmarket. Another full day course on objective gait analysis is taking place on Thursday the 23rd of May at Slimbridge Wetland Centre in Gloucestershire. And just announced and now bookable is the Nursing Schedule 3 Skills course, which is being run twice, once in the north, once in the south. The first one being Thursday the 20th of June at Hambleton Equine in Middlesbrough, Yorkshire. And the second one on Saturday 29th of June at the Vet Partners Nursing School near Petersfield in Hampshire. Other Beaver podcast this month. The January Eve podcast features Chessie Greenham talking to Luke McLinden about his article, Advances in the Understanding, Detection and Management of Equine Strangles. And we've had three Beaver Pod Life episodes out this month. The first one is law graduate Justine Coray, who is now studying veterinary medicine at Tartu University in Estonia. The head of the University Equine Clinic, Philippe Correa, suggested she and three of her fellow students created an equine association for veterinary students and in doing so they've set up Hiroco. This is an association for vet students in Estonia who are interested in working in equine practice and they hope to work alongside Bevo in the future. The 2023 Peter Rostell EVJ Open Award winner Ed Knowles talks to me in a second Beaverpod Life episode about his career which combines being an internal medicine specialist at Bell Equine and researcher at RVC. 
And the third episode features new council member Nikki Housby-Skeggs, who talks to us about her career as a vet in the British Army and now at the Horse Trust, and how she hopes through Beaver Council to help all Beaver members find the information and gain the support for their careers, whichever path they're on. So don't forget, we've added all the links from this podcast into the description below. Thanks for listening, and we'll be with you next month.